0: Today, we are talking about holiday stress and managing expectations on Raising Me. And if you are new to the podcast, I am so glad you're here. I'm Adrian Stein, and this is where we take parenting challenges and questions straight to the experts for advice, while stopping for some self-reflection and finding ways to help ourselves along the way. Right now is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. The song says so, right? Yet, it's not for so many people and for many valid reasons. For all the great and wonderful things that come around the holidays, there are things that can really get us down. Let's just start with the pressure. There's so much pressure. Family dynamics, finances, maybe travel, all the stuff going on with the kids, end-of-year work deadlines, events. What about those grieving, whether it's grieving a death or a loss of a relationship. So we're going to sit down with Teresa Petrosky. She is a licensed clinical professional counselor with Maine Behavioral Healthcare, And we're talking about the signs and symptoms of excessive stress, why we might be feeling this way. And by the way, it is okay to feel this way. And we're talking about ways to cope and deal along with when it might be time to get some professional help. So let's dive in. Teresa, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today about holiday stress and managing all the expectation around it. So as we just kind of dive in right now, help us to not feel alone in this. How common is holiday stress and and what do you see as some of uh, the most likely causes of it?
1: So at least depending on like what numbers or data you're looking at, And if you're looking at pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, you're looking from anywhere from a quarter of the population or half of the population is going to experience some level of holiday stress. And we know that that number does go up for parents. So if it's a quarter of the population that's experiencing holiday stress, then a third of the population is going to be experiencing um, holiday stress in our parents.
0: And, you know, you mentioned parents and just all of the things that come with, you know, being a parent around the holidays can certainly cause stress. But what are some of the other major causes of stress, particularly around the holidays?
1: It's going to be one of the biggest causes I'm going to see is going to be routine changes, especially when we're thinking of little children. So there might be later bedtimes or they're not in school. But then other things that you might see is that additional financial pressure that we might have whether that's preparing for um, the bigger meals that we might have or preparing to spend money on those gifts that we want to give to everybody. Gift
0: giving is a a major one. And then on top of that, I think, you know, for parents and really just adults around this time, you you have work obligations, you know, deadlines are usually coming. You have parties that, you know, maybe you're hosting the holidays this year. Uh, There are school events you know, finances, as you alluded to. So just all working together, it can be really overwhelming. So how do we identify th- the signs or or the symptoms of stress that actually need to be addressed?
1: That's a good question, because a lot of times people will have like the the holiday blues or we might feel a little stressed or overwhelmed. But when we're getting to that clinical stress or that clinical, we might need to go talk to our PCP or another professional. Will be, is this lasting? Um, Are these symptoms starting to impact my functioning? And for functioning for parents, it might be like, I feel too tired to join my children in playing, or I feel so irritable that I don't even want to spend time with my kids right now. Um, It can also be, just noticing again, like I don't feel the same level of pleasure. I'm I'm noticing a little bit less joy in my season, but it's lasting. Um, so it's more than just this, you know, one day I might feel stressed as I start to think about all the to-do list. It's I'm staying in that state of mind. I'm staying with that thought of like, I can't do this. It's not going to be well, or what if all these things go wrong?
0: And when you say it's lasting, is it more than a day or two? Or are we talking, this is something that is going on for weeks?
1: It depends. But we're usually looking at we're getting into like two or more weeks when we're talking about like a depressive sentence setting in. So it's definitely usually more than a day or two. Um, but we're getting into two or more weeks. And again, we're looking at, is this something that I'm feeling this way? And it's kind of as the holiday season's over, I'm starting to come back and feel more like myself, or is as the holiday season is starting to come be over, and I'm still sitting in that space of like I don't feel great. This this wasn't um, what I expected, and and just staying stuck in that thought.
0: And that would be when it would be time to seek help. But you mentioned something else about like a seasonal blues. Can you share a little bit more about what that looks like and how we can identify if that's happening?
1: What I consider or a lot of people will consider that feeling of a normal reaction to life changes. So an example could be like, this is the first holiday without a loved one. Um, This is the first holiday since my partner and I have separated and my kids are going to be spending portions of their holiday with another relative. This is a hard time of year because of the things we've already talked about earlier that, you know, maybe job stress, financial stress. Those are all kind of what we consider maybe it's just happening with the season and it's not setting and staying as the season kind of gets over. We'll start to feel a little bit better. Um, Another thing to kind of keep in consideration is some people notice that as we have less daylight, They start to notice their mood declines, and so if you're noticing, yes, that the holiday blues are kind of setting in, but my mood is still staying kind of declined. That might be another opportunity to kind of talk to your professional and see, like, is this a seasonal affective disorder? Is this depression that might be driven by less sunlight? And there are definitely things that your healthcare provider can help you um, understand, and then treatments to help you support you in that that time of.
0: What is the impact on our mental and physical health um when it when it comes to this kind of stress whether we're talking about the short term holiday blues or you know just a limited amount of stress or we're talking about something that is prolonged where we've identified you know maybe it is time to seek help but what are some of you know the things that we can look for from our for our physical and mental health
1: the short term you might notice that you are just that feeling of overwhelmed, like I have this list and I need to get it done. And it's again, that quick and I can manage it. Or once I go and, and turn to my, my, whatever's been useful. So I talk to my friends about it, or I write it down and I figure out what things I can or can't do. That's your short-term stress. And, and usually you're able to navigate it with helpful coping skills. And a lot of people already have, you know, um, interchangeable that coping tools, the self-care, Um, coping skills, whatever the word is that you're using for yourself, a lot of people have great ways of managing stress. Um, And stress is, unfortunately, or fortunately, one of the inevitable parts of life, we will all experience stress at some time. Um, But when you get into that stress that's sticking around that chronic stress, that stress that might need um, more help or more support, that you're going to start to feel basically that fatigue. Um, and uh, you may notice that your concentration isn't the, the same. Um, you might notice difficulty paying attention at work. You might notice that your children, if they're experiencing some of their own forms of like anxiety or depression or prolonged stress, they might have difficulty with concentrating. You might see an academic decline for them. Um, and then you might also notice your thoughts just seem slower. Someone might ask you a question. It might take you a little longer to respond. Um, you're thinking like, I should know this, but maybe I'm struggling with answering. And then again, I feel like kids are really great at noticing this. You have your somatic or physical symptoms. Sometimes I find that adults may not be as in tune with, oh, that headache might be coming from this really prolonged stress um, or the stomach aches that we might get. Um, it might be coming from anxiety symptoms.
0: You mentioned sy- somatic. Yeah. Can you? The, there were two phrases in there. So, for uh, for the for the lay people in us, um, can you explain what each of those those are so we can help to identify?
1: Yeah. So, somatic sam- symptoms is just one of those ways that we say um, in, in my profession is just like this is a body felt symptom. I'm feeling the somatic symptom in my body. Um, it can be, again, that maybe there's not a known physical cause. So we can get sick to our stomachs because we have a virus or we ate something bad to to that upset our stomach, but we can also get sick to our stomach because of stress. Um, and so somatic is like, I'm experiencing this in my body and it's related to the stress that I'm actually experiencing. And there may not be a known, yes, this, this is a virus, like a known physical cause. That
0: makes sense. Okay. And we're we're talking about a lot of, you know, things that could, could happen that create just a, the feeling of overwhelm and stress. Though holidays just in general can bring up feelings of loneliness, certainly of grief. Um, let's talk a little bit about identifying, you know, those as the underlying cause of maybe the stress and, and are there ways the simple ways that we can cope when it comes to loneliness and grief during these times.
1: That is a really good question. Um, with the loneliness, we know that that's one of the new things that we're talking about being a, like a pandemic or epidemic among adults and adolescents that can be driving depression. So loneliness is just that feeling of disconnect from others. And part of the things that we can do to help us with loneliness is putting yourself out there more, being willing to Say hi to somebody, strike up like small conversations, joining active activities in your community, um, trying to volunteer, and then also reconnecting with people through like Zoom or FaceTime. Um, or other social media platforms can be really helpful at times to help cope with loneliness. The other thing is grief. Like one of those inevitable parts of life is that we usually end up losing somebody we love at some point in time. And there will be a first Thanksgiving without a loved one or a first holiday season without a loved one. And one thing that um, we often suggest to people is how do we keep their memory alive? So I was speaking to um, my coworker today and she was talking about, you know, her family lights three candles for the different loved ones that they have lost. They talk about good memories, and they do this every year. Um, in my family, we try to keep like recipes that certain family members have passed down, and we make sure that we're making them and we're talking about again those stories and just kind of keeping that memory alive of of the loved ones that we've lost. Again, first holiday seasons can be very hard, and it's going to come with what we call those mixed emotions. So we might feel glad to share those good memories. And then also very sad that they're not here with us.
0: That's great advice. Uh, you know, I wonder too, just talking about the expectations, because there are so many expectations that come with this time of year, whether it is as a parent in your your kids or just with family, with work, all the things we've talked about. So are there some ways that we can, in a healthy way, manage the expectations that we put on ourselves? Or, and, I should say, not or, and the expectations that others put on us. So first, the expectations that we put on ourselves. What are some of the things we can keep in mind?
1: I think if we go back to kind of exploring what's important to us about the holiday season, defining what you hope that your children might grow up with, the value system that's important, it changes our need to maybe like buy the happiness for the holidays isn't, and we're able to kind of go back to, oh, I'm spending time with my family or spending time with my friends is really important about this time of year. And if we're able to recognize that's what's important, we kind of like go of some of those expectations of having my house look like, you know, the perfect home or having the all the things done by ourselves, you know? or again, Like I gave the example earlier about like baking um, the recipes. Sometimes that may not be something that we can do this year. Maybe there's a time restraint. Um, Maybe the grocery store didn't have a certain ingredient. So it's also being okay with being flexible when plans do need to change um, and giving yourself that grace of saying, that's okay that I didn't do that this year. Um, I'll try again next year. Giving yourself
0: grace—that is a huge. Like, maybe we should underline that point because it—it's e- easy to say that now in the moment. That can be really tough, especially for people who are just naturally hard on themselves and want to have the home just right, the recipes just right, the gifts just right, plus wrapped just right. So, uh, if we could underline that point, I mean that—that that is a key takeaway: is just allowing ourselves some grace if the house doesn't look perfect and you've got, you know, five people, ten people, whatever, coming over in the next hour.
1: And, and oftentimes too, when we talk about like the grace and having that, it's people don't remember if the table was set perfectly. They remember the conversation they had and that feeling of of gratitude and happiness and connection with their family. And not necessarily if the roles were over- overcooked or undercooked, it's being there with the family and your friends that are going to be what we're going to ruminate of, about or think about later on.
0: And maybe if they are overcooked, it becomes a great story to laugh about later. <laughs> uh, what about the expectations others put on us? Like, well, you host every year, so we'll be there at noon, and, and maybe it's not. You're not in the place to host this year, or whatever it might be. Maybe you organize the gifts for the family, or something. Maybe that's not how do you manage the expectations that others put up upon you right now?
1: I go back to if you can just say honestly what's going on, that's usually most helpful. So, for if you know, there's been a lot of changes telling people, you know, I know I host every year this year, there's been a lot of changes, I need someone else to host, you know, giving them the understanding. But then at the same time, you don't have to do that, you can just be okay with setting that limit of this year, I won't be hosting, and you're under no obligation to explain that, which is kind of a hard thing, because we usually want to tell people why or do it anyways, when we know that maybe there's a limit to what we can give or do this year. Um, But Generally speaking, I feel like if you're giving somebody the idea, of, this is why I'm setting this this limit. This is what I'm asking for. People will be meeting you with kindness and understanding. Yeah, and
0: maybe it's it's a different iteration of it. Maybe it becomes a potluck because I can handle cleaning the house, but I can't handle cooking this year, or or something like that. I, I want to talk a little bit to um, about. Financial pressure, because I think that that is—it's a point worth really hitting on. You know, there are a number of financial expectations when it comes for for many of us uh, to the holidays, particularly for parents. And you know, I'm I'm guilty of this. Like, what is the big toy? What is the big present? We've got to. Ha- what's the big thing we have? Um, and then you know, the day before, like, do we have enough big things? Um, so how do we sort of wrap our mind around, you know, kind of coming to terms, we don't need to do that. And that's easier said than done. Tr- trust me, I- I'm guilty of it myself.
1: But how-, how do we instill that for ourselves and our kids? So it certainly is easier said than done. I think we all kind of sometimes or most of us sometimes get into that idea of like, I have to get more or I bought my one child this many gifts and I need to compete with this child or, or give this child this many gifts. That's that's normal. That's a human re- reaction. It's a, I, well, I was thinking to myself, like you had done the podcast before, I think on money matters. So this is a really good opportunity to teach and instill that budget. And to get kids involved that's age appropriate to teaching them about, you know, um, we're going to be really mindful about what we're buying this year. And then I, I like families to define what their values are for themselves. But then, like, one of the things that I hear that's common now is putting more emphasis on the experiences as opposed to necessarily buying items. Or if you want to buy items, keeping things to, like, the, the expression is like a need, a read, a wear, or want, having kind of a theme with the holiday buying can be helpful. And then deciding, like, if I'm going to be spending, do I have that disposable income to be spending? Or if I'm going to go into debt, do I have a plan to pay that off? That can give you some sort of feeling of, like, okay, I can manage this instead of going into, I need to spend all this money on this, or I'm losing sight of spending all this money and trying to you know buy this buy that and making sure my kids have all the things. And when we ask people about like what do you remember about childhood or the holidays, not a lot of kids or adults say, you know, I remember exactly this toy or I remember exactly this. There are a few of those items that we do think like I have to have and we do share and talk about later. Um but a lot of the times we're going back to the memories, the singing Christmas songs or watching Christmas movies or Baking the cookies—it's—it's it's the non-monetary things that um, seem to be the memories that stick with us more than the gifts that we give or the gifts that we receive or the thoughtful gifts that we receive. Meaning, um, I know you know a lot of moms will say it's the handmade gift, it's a handmade card, but there is data behind that—the um, thoughtful gifts that you write out something kind to somebody and really celebrate what you've loved about or grateful about having them in your life um, can mean a lot um, and and help the children see that there are other ways to give outside of buying and help you and kind of instill that practice for them.
0: Yeah, that's, that's excellent. You know, I, I, so many of us just want to create that magical moment, the moment they come down the stairs, that is so much pressure and to your point, there's just, there are other ways to create those magical moments and and really sort of proactively planning to feel like you have a sense of control over it to lessen the stress.
1: That will help with the stress. Yes, proactively planning and, and proactively budgeting. Um, I know that th- for me, it feels like this year, the holidays snuck up on me. And I have to say, like, I feel like that happens almost all, all years. Um, but if you can also buy earlier, so if there are things that you're interested in, I know we can't rewind time, but if you're able to buy earlier, start thinking about small items. The other catch with that sometimes is buying earlier. Um, if your kids change interest as quickly as mine do, you'll <laughs> yes, that, I bought this in the spring thinking of you and now you're into something different. So there can be a, a balance there or maybe budget earlier for the buying later.
0: Oh yeah, those those uh, interests, and especially with the young ones, it's like a week out they change their list. You know, Teresa, if there was one takeaway from our conversation today that maybe parents can can keep in mind as they move forward through the holidays,
1: what do you think that should be? It's okay to not have it be perfect. Um, really focusing on what's important to you, and when we go back and we talk to families about. Um, what brings you happiness? Most often, the positive is going to be seeing family and friends. So really focusing on what this season means to you and reframing things back into, this is what it really means to me. It doesn't have to be the things that I'm I, that are stressing me, that I want to avoid, um the hard things, but focusing on the positive of the season getting to spend a little bit more time with our family, getting to spend a little bit more time with our, our um, kids, getting to spend a little bit more time with maybe our friends too, really focusing on what that means for you.
0: Reese, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Of course, we'll have more resources on wgme.com slash me. Here's what I'm going to keep reminding myself of after talking to Teresa today, and I hope you will too. Go easy on yourself. Remember all the grace that she talked about? I totally get that that is so much easier said than done, especially in the moment of whatever might be going on. But you're doing great. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfectly imperfect is okay too. It's better than okay, actually. It's great. It's great. And it's okay to get some help, whatever that might look like to you. Sometimes this is not just a funk that we can pull ourselves out of. And getting help might actually be the best thing that you can do not only for yourself, but your family, especially this time of year. Thank you so much for listening to Raising Me. I'm Adrienne Stein. This episode is edited by Megan Littlefield. We really appreciate a positive rating and review uh, anywhere you get your podcast, so that other people can find this message too. Wherever you are, I hope you learn something new and get to take a little time for you.